despite being stuck indoors, I was like, look, I can get out and go and see culture on a Sunday morning and attend this art exhibition. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Simulator, a series of short conversations about video games with interesting people who play them. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. As I record and release this, it is April 2020, and the world is experiencing a pandemic. I don't know if I've personally had COVID-19, because we don't yet have access to the necessary tests. But I have been unwell, though fortunately with little more than some fatigue and a few weeks of coughing. If I sounded all hoarse in this episode, that's probably why. I am privileged to be in a situation where I've been able to self-isolate, and although much of my work has been cancelled, to find other things to do. One of those things is gentle preparation for series two of this podcast, while giving the people I want to interview the time and space they need to settle into this strange new normal. In the meantime, a video game has been released that has had record sales, has dominated my life and the lives of basically everyone I know, and has kept me more in touch with some of my friends than I probably would have been even if we were still allowed to hang out in physical space. Animal Crossing New Horizons, as many have said before me, has arrived at an undeniably opportune moment for millions of isolated and anxious people worldwide. But even beyond that, there is so much to discuss about this game that I have recorded five conversations with five of my friends, and I'm releasing them daily over the course of a week. Each begins with a little island tour, and then moves into a deeper discussion. In this episode, as museums, galleries and theatres close their doors, I discuss cultural events in Animal Crossing with my guest, Marie Falston. Hi, my name is Marie Falston and I am a playful curator. Most recently, I have been guest director of Now Play This, which is an experimental festival of games and play, and also was the lead curator of the V&A exhibition, Video Games Design Play Disrupt. I've literally been standing at his desk for like 10 minutes while we sorted out our technical issues. <laughs> he's, he's very polite. He doesn't push you. He's not like, look, what are you doing? It's a bit suspicious. He's like, hey, it's fine. Take your time. I guess there are no other customers. I don't know. I mean, who knows what the animals get up to? Like, maybe they're all visiting each other when we're not there. That's what I like to think happens. That'd be nice, wouldn't it, if they went on trips and you couldn't see them for a few days and then when they got back, you'd be like, oh, you're back. You'd be so pleased to see them and if they brought you a little gift. I know. And wouldn't it be nice they go and visit your friend's island for a little bit? Like, a lot of my islanders are really big fans of Goldie. They talk about her a lot. And it's like, look, you, the, the airport's there. Like... <laughs> Do you know what's strange about this? What? You are very very close to me physically right now <laughs> we're not in the same building obviously because isolation but you're just down the road yeah. <laughs> five minutes i was walking past your house almost well i was actually one road up when i was messaging you earlier and i was like oh yeah she misses jordan and i was like i wonder if i'll see her out and about and i'm like that'll be odd if i do because we'll probably just have to stand like either side of the road and shout but I love that if your character is in the flight path, then they'll wave. That's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. Was I waving? Yeah, by your sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Before we move around, here are the requisite gifts. What are these? Look, and you gift wrap them. I love the gift wrap in this game. I haven't bought any gift wrap yet. Seems a little bit, a little bit much. No, it's completely pointless. What if I don't like them? Okay, I'm gonna brace myself to feign. Oh, wait. <laughs> Da, da, da. I've got a beautiful retro dress here. I can't put it on because I'm in a wand mode. Um, and what's my other... Oh, that's not what I meant to do. 
I didn't mean to just chuck it on the floor. I'm sorry. What an ungrateful friend. <laughs> no, and I've done it again. Uh, this is not like a comedy bit. I've just, no one's ever given me presents before in Animal <laughs> Crossing. And a soft serve hat. Beautiful. So I am going to try this retro dress on. Whoosh. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's orange as well. That's my color. It's a little bit warm because it's quite warm here today. So you probably, ooh, wait, <laughs> ooh. I don't know if this is, maybe this is a whole ensemble outfit. Like, um, I could just wear this. I thought it matches with the white belt. It really does. They do, they do go together. But um, yeah, I'll just keep this on for the rest of the evening. Uh, is there anything you wanted to show me before we start? You are the first guest to arrive after my first major installation art piece has been installed. So um, you can be the first visitor to that if you want, which is this way over in the cultural district. <laughs> and here it is. Oh, wow. I love it. That's very good. This is a recreation of a Chris Burden uh, piece, which is out front of LACMA in Los Angeles. And it's a work called Urban Light. And after seeing the people doing the Maria Abramovich and other art installations, I then looked at my inventory and saw these light, uh, the street lamps, and then just sort of set about creating this. So this has been my sort of work in progress and where all of my Nook Miles has has been going. And I've just, just got the last four street lamps arriving today. And so they've just gone into place. Oh, wow. So is it the same number of lamps as there are in the real world? It is not. Okay. It is not. In the real world one, there's about 200, which um, would fill up, I don't know how big. And also that would be like 200,000 nook miles. And you can only order five things per day. So yeah, I've just decided to make this sort of scaled down version. So it's not as big as the real thing. But I'm pretty pleased with it. I think it's a good size. It's still very good. And I like that you have a cultural district on your island. That's very cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, the cultural district is a museum and this light installation. And I was trying to cultivate in front of the museum. So I think it's a natural, natural history museum. Um, I was keeping the weeds and stuff here. I've never plucked these when I came because I thought like, if there's any school trips that come, maybe they want to come out to this pond and look at some of the sort of natural surroundings. So um, <laughs> I guess, is that culture? Is that like the opposite of culture if I've just left it? Who knows? Well, that's interesting because that's basically what I wanted to talk to you about is how Animal Crossing and culture come together <laughs> because you just hosted a cultural event in Animal Crossing. We did. I, this year, have been guest director of Now Play This Festival, which is a festival of experimental games. And that was due to take place at Somerset House from the 3rd to the 5th of April. And obviously with current circumstances, that festival, especially a festival which is, hey, everybody come together nice and close and touch lots of things that other, other people have been touching, mm -hmm. obviously did not go ahead in in the physical world. And so we, um, myself and the Now Play This team were working over the past two weeks to try and put together something that would sort of be sort of like a translation of the festival into a virtual or an online space. And one of the things that I'd really wanted to do at the festival was that because Now Play This is part of London Games Festival or happens at the same time as London Games Festival, that there was the BAFTAs. And if there's the BAFTAs, then I thought there was a strong chance that the uh, boys behind Untitled Goose Game would likely be coming to London. 
And one of the things that I was really keen to do was to put them into conversation with uh, the art critics, the White Pube, who I also know, um, sort of Gabrielle from the White Pube is a really big fan of uh, Goose Game. And obviously that didn't happen. And around about two weeks ago, when um, we were just beginning to come up with ideas, I got up in the morning and I was drying my hair and I suddenly thought, hang on a minute, whilst we can't bring them together physically, I know that, I obviously knew that sort of House House, the folks that made Untitled Goose Game were playing Animal Crossing and I knew that Gabrielle was playing Animal Crossing and I thought, hang on a minute, um, wait, I'm gonna do a little thought. There we go, like that, had a thought. <laughs> I'm doing a little thought emote with my face. Um, I was to think, hang on a minute, we could do it in Animal Crossing. And so we did. So on Saturday, we had all four members of House House and we had Gabrielle from the White Pube uh, come together in Animal Crossing uh, for an in-conversation discussion about their work. What I'm interested in talking about is the benefits and the challenges of hosting an event like that in a virtual world like this? Oh, God. Well, hmm, where do I start with the challenges? <laughs> so, like, I mean, for my, myself and the rest of the team, we're not, um, I'm like, as a curator, I've done stuff predominantly in the physical space. Like, that's my career is... Um, Despite the fact that I work with predominantly sort of digital arts and video games, that my interest has always been sort of about how you bring and how you translate that work into a physical space. And I've never really had to really interrogate why that is or why, why particularly that interests me. And so changing to do a virtual festival um, was a bit of a challenge. And myself and the Now Play This team have never really done streaming before. We've never done virtual or digital events. So there's obviously the learning curve of how do you stream and what microphones do we use and how do we set this up? And so there's all those sort of technical complexities of going into that. We could have just done a Q&A over Zoom or we could have just hosted one sort of over Skype. There was, there's ways that we could have done it which would have been a lot easier technically with the tech that we have and stuff that we understood. But again, I think it's trying to sort of speak to that idea of trying to we obviously can't recreate exactly like what it's like to have a physical event, what it's like to be in the same room as people or to have people sort of together in one place. But doing that in an online multiplayer or doing that through obviously Animal Crossing sort of feels tangential, feels connected to that. So, um, so yeah, so that, that's kind of the reason why for me it was important that we pursued that. And that meant obviously lots of research, not undertaken by myself, but undertaken by Joe Summers, who is now play this as technical producer. So she did a lot of work sort of researching capture cards, setting up the stream and all of that. But all of this isn't even to go into the details of how complicated it is actually just getting people together on one island in Animal Crossing, which actually <laughs> is a real pain in the bum. Yeah, let's talk about that then. Like the actual, as far as what people could see who were just tuning in for the stream, for the Animal Crossing experience, what aspects of that were challenging but just like i think if you were to tune in and you just look at it you'd be like oh cool look um they've all just gone to that person's island so it's a computer how long could that take like two minutes like everybody just fires up and just logs in but in animal crossing when you fly to people's islands only one person can fly at any one time and each person takes a few minutes and actually one of my friends goldie pointed out who she's based in australia she pointed out that flights take longer from australia Australia to us in Europe than say if you're just going from somewhere locally. Well I've literally just gone down the road. <laughs> yeah so so your flight to me living just down the road was relatively quick compared to somebody flying to me from Australia which I just love in a way that it's like 
the, the fact that we would think that this digital technology would remove these physical barriers or remove these seemingly arbitrary barriers, but they actually don't. Mm. So we had like a tech check an hour before sort of we were due to start and um, we were flying everybody into the island. And we had four out of five of us had arrived and it took about 20 minutes to get to that point because everybody has to take their own flight and everybody takes like a few minutes each. And so eventually we had everybody on the island and Jake, one of house house, was in a house with not a great Wi-Fi connection. And so if somebody disconnects when they're mid-flight, it actually boots everybody who was off that original island off. So we just spent 20 minutes loading everybody onto this island and then Jake arrives, or Jake doesn't arrive, and then he, by the sort of glitch in the game, boots everybody off the island and suddenly we have to go through and do it all again. And it was down to the wire of getting everybody on the stream in time and so we literally all just arrived just as the stream started, even though we'd been trying to sort of get everyone to the island for like an hour previously. And so we were like, phew, thank God we've got that done. But maybe it's good that it happened in this setup because then halfway through the stream, Jake gets booted off the island again and he tries to fly back in. And as he's trying to fly back in halfway through this Q&A, of course, his, his flight sort of disappears again and everybody gets booted off the island. And it's like, oh God. Yeah, one of the worst things that could have happened with everybody getting booted off the island and having to spend 20 minutes just watching that little dodo screen loading animation coming up plays out again, which wasn't quite what we'd intended, but there's something that, it's obviously not what we want, but there's something that I quite like about the fact that perhaps we have these assumptions that digital technology sort of removes a lot of the boundaries and problems of doing things in physical spaces, but it just brings with it a whole load of other complexities and problems, which are kind of funny. One thing I did like about the fact that everyone kind of dropped out halfway through (laughs) was that when everyone made it back to the island, it provided like a natural break where people were like, okay, let's do something different now. Because you started out, you had this wonderful setup where everyone was on these director's chairs, you know, and there were signs and it was very professional, but then everyone got booted. And when they came back, they were like, let's go fishing, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I thought was really charming. Um, So there must have been some aspects of the experience that you found you couldn't have had in physical space and that they actually added to it. I guess just the absurdity of it as well with people in this completely different setting and and you know and I think it was really great when they started to move around the island as well because and we had talked about that beforehand because I think when we'd done some tests like we actually did our intro speech or the welcome address for now play this which would have been at Somerset House and we would have had free wine and we would have had sort of various people there and we're like oh how do we recreate that? So we did like a recording of like the welcome address, but when you're just stood there talking, no one's mouth is moving. And if you're not emoting, there's a real disconnect between the voice and what's happening. Mm. And so um, so we were keen to sort of ensure that like, look, whilst we've made this very cute set, it's going to be quite static if you stay here. And so it's so encouraging them to move around. But as somebody, again, who's never done any streaming before, it's really blooming hard trying to play a game and trying to talk and hold your train of thought. Whilst also all this background stuff's happening where we're sort of typing in discords and passing some messages back and forth and all of these other things. And so like we were, tra- we were sort of asking um, each of them that when they were speaking, if they could emote so that people would know which character was speaking. But even doing that, even firing up an emote and not losing your train of thought turns out to be really blooming difficult. Mm-hmm. So um, like I always knew that streaming would be hard, but I think I have newfound respect for actually how difficult it is doing something that requires sort of like 
your concentration and hand-eye coordination whilst also trying to have an engaging and sort of intellectual conversation. So you are not the first person to have thought about hosting a cultural event in Animal Crossing. You actually attended an exhibition. Yeah, so uh, I don't remember how long ago it was, but it was the illustrator and artist Stephanie Younger, and she hosted an exhibition in Animal Crossing. And I think I just saw it from my friend Pat just posted, like, like or shared the tweet. And yeah, and so I went along on so I was Sunday morning. The, the, the art exhibition was originally just going to be for one evening for a couple of hours. And it was so popular that she decided to extend it to the next day. And so I got up early and hopped along. And so despite being stuck indoors, I was like, look, I can get out and go and see culture on a Sunday morning and attend this art exhibition. (laughs) Why do you think Animal Crossing is particularly good for that kind of thing? I think it's good for that sort of thing because it's not good for that sort of thing in some way. That um, It's something that I've really been interested in. And I know a lot of people are with the weird and strange things that people make and do in Animal Crossing. And it's something that's sort of been a tradition through the previous iterations of the game. And for me, was something that I really became more aware of with New Leaf, the previous iteration or the previous release. And I think for me, it's that, okay, so if you've got a game like Minecraft, which is Lego, also we talk about Minecraft as being like the Lego of video games, that you have almost this sort of infinite set of possibilities of things that you can do with this very malleable sandbox space. And there's still constraints there, but there's a real freedom and flexibility to do things. Whereas with Animal Crossing, like, and I've tried to think before, like, what sort of language I would use. And I don't know if there's, like, more official language or terms that people would use to describe it. But I think of it not as a sandbox game, but more of a playground. That it's like, okay, we do have these very rigid structures here. We have playground equipment. We have a lot of constraints about what we can and can't do. And I think for me, that's what makes it all the more fascinating when people learn how to bend and break those systems because when you're seeing people doing stuff you're knowing all of the constraints and all of the complex things that they're doing to enable that like for me and my wonderful um urban light art installation here that it's like okay so to buy each of these it takes like a thousand nook miles i've got 20 of them here so it's not it's not that much but it took a amount of time to get that amount of miles together to purchase them and then i can only order five at a time so there's like a durational capacity there and i think with something like say with stephanie's exhibition that you see that and you know the constraints of what somebody's doing to enable that and you're seeing like all of these creative little tricks and things that they've done to play with it and play with the space and and for me there's something about those constraints that I really love yeah there was there was something really nice as well about Stephanie's exhibition which I think for me it's stuff that I really want to look into more and sort of understand a bit better especially as my hand has been pushed away from physical real world events at least for the foreseeable future and looking towards the virtual is that with Stephanie's exhibition you can only have eight people on that island you can't have infinite people turning up not everybody can experience that at, that at once and Sunday morning I got up and I travel you get a cup of tea and you travel to this island and you're with these seven other strangers and there's just something really intimate about seeing like whilst we're all on Twitter seeing seeing this sort of embodied uh, or this physical representation of a person moving around and knowing that there's someone somewhere in the world and you don't know where who's moving and animating that and sort of in that space with you and how everybody brought like a certain mode of behavior to that space as well and acted like it was an art gallery that I really liked and so there's a lot of stuff in that that I think for me I'm really interested to unpack like about what it is that we can potentially do in digital spaces that plays with constraints of like time and capacity and audiences and structures and so on and and that's why for me 
the stuff that people do in Animal Crossing is really interesting because it, it, it's done against such a huge set of constraints. Can you give me some other examples? They can be from New Leaf or from New Horizons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite examples from New Leaf, and I think it's probably a lot of people's as well, but it was a really popular one at the time. It was a village by a Japanese player, and it was called Aika Village. And it was considered to be the first of what then sort of became to be known as story towns. And so like a lot of the things that I think in, in Animal Crossing that are sort of initially or early on sort of quite popular creations are things which are sort of referencing popular culture. So I remember back in the time that people were recreating sort of when New Leaf came out, like the Breaking Bad meth lab and, <laughs> um, and like Zelda villages. But Ica was unique in the sense that it was the town that you visited and the way that the town was set up, it was gated. So you progress through a series of houses and a series of different parts of the environment in a certain order. And there was a story or a narrative that plays out with the surroundings and played out with the objects that you see and the paintings that are created there and the way that they've dealt with the landscape. And so as you progress through, like you pass through these different houses and the houses sort of narratively progress. So you see the same houses again and again, but different th things are subtly different. And, and it was essentially like this sort of horror story that was told across somebody's island. And again sort of it was hugely popular at the time and I think for me I was really interested in that because it's not popular culture it's not a recreation of something and it's somebody using the landscape but their entire town and their entire game of Animal Crossing is dedicated to just creating this one sort of horror story that then plays out for visitors when they come and experience it and um, and that sort of then spiraled off to become its own sort of genre of creation in Animal Crossing sort of with these story towns and I've not seen or heard of any of that in New Horizons just yet. I've seen a lot more exhibitions, but I'm sure that that's going to happen. And I'm sure there's going to be people that do weird and wonderful stuff that we've just got no idea about how to conceive or, or to sort of know necessarily what to anticipate at the moment. But yeah, but Ica is definitely one of my favorites. And I don't know if the village is still something that you can access on New Leaf. I don't have my 3DS to check, but there's a lot of videos on YouTube. Um, and there's also a lot of fan art for it. Like if you go digging around DeviantArt or fanfiction.net, there was all these fanfiction stories and fan art that was created for it at the time, which is just like, I really love like how somebody's game in Animal Crossing then just has this really big impact and reach into sort of developing its own fan communities as well. You've obviously played a lot of Animal Crossing across at least these last two games. What do you like about this one compared to the previous ones? Uh, I don't know. I, mm, hmm, that's a good question. I've not really thought about it that much. Like, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things in the game that I really love. Like, obviously, sort of going back and looking at New Leaf now, comparing it to this, in my head at first, I'm like, oh, yeah, they kind of look the same. And then you go back and it's like, oh, good God, no, this is... Suddenly New Leaf has this real grainy quality to it, but... Um, because I don't, I don't really know necessarily about the games just yet. Like this time around, like the technology was there with New Leaf for more sort of online play. And a lot of people obviously did connect with friends, but it wasn't for me a very social game. So I didn't play New Leaf that much with traveling to people's villages and having people come and visit. And that felt something that was like, oh, well, you've got to have friends to do that. And I don't really have friends who have 3DSs and play this game. So, so that was much more of a solitary sort of experience in a sense that whilst I was looking at stuff on the internet I was never really traveling back and forth whereas New Horizons has been an exponentially different experience in the sense that it's been much much more social for me and so much of the game has been about visiting and traveling other people's islands and sending people stuff in a way that New Leaf never was but I think 
I think it's strange because I think sort of both New Leaf and New Horizons for me, and, I've, and the only other version of Animal Crossing I've actually played before was the the original on the GameCube. So I've not played City Folk or Wild World, but like both New Leaf and and equally New Horizons are both games that I've played at these weird periods of transition in my life, and. So I guess there's not so much a difference and it's probably not even answering the question as such, but there's there's just sort of like this strange echo that's playing out across this game. I guess how much when I think back on New Leaf and I think back on my time playing it and think about that game, like it's so very connected to where I was in my life back then. And I was just leaving the UK to go move to Canada for a year. And so the game is really tied up with all of these personal emotional memories and, and feelings. And and New Horizons is going through that again, and I'm sure it is for a lot of people that this game is obviously this strange sort of polypocket social space that we have to connect with each other at the moment. And I wonder sort of how embedded like our emotions are going to be and our thoughts of what everybody's dealing with and processing at the moment is with this game. I guess everybody's collectively, but also individually. If you want to track Marie's individual response to Animal Crossing New Horizons and see more pictures of her recreation of Chris Burden's Urban Light, you can follow her at Tigers Hungry. I'm at Jerrica Weber, and the podcast is at Talking Simpod. This was the final episode of our five-part mini-series about Animal Crossing New Horizons. But we are working on a full 10-episode series two of the podcast, and we already have some excellent guests lined up. So subscribe to Talking Simulator in your favourite podcast app, and you'll know as soon as that begins. Our music is by Jazz Mickle. You can find her at Jazz Mickle. Talking Simulator is edited by Leamington's loveliest audio person, Dan Parks. If you need to make something sound good, you can find him at Dan C. Parks. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. Talk again soon. Don't fall on the floor. Okay, I've got that. I've got this. I'm still recording, so you get all these outtakes of me moving from room to... Oh, am I going to be able to carry everything? That's the sound of a water bottle lid going on. It's giving me flashbacks to the weekend. Yeah. Giant wasp came into the bedroom. Oh, nightmare. It was absolutely huge. It was the size of a small house. And we literally, literally just set the stream up. And they were like, right, okay, cool. Uh, we're, we're, we've just gone live. And then it just came through the window. And I'm in not a huge room. And I was like, I can't sit in here for an hour and calmly hold an interview with somebody. And also have this giant fly buzzing around. Not fly, sorry, wasp. Because that's chaos. And so I instead had to run into the other room. It's so Animal Crossing. Yeah.